Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Northside Nine Podcast. It's time to kick back, relax, crack a cold one, and get caught up on your Cubs baseball. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode four of the Northside Nine podcast. I am Ron Luce. I am joined tonight by my awesome co-host, Mr. Justin Hunter, and our nerdy Google Boy producer, Mr. James <laughs> Jacobson, <laughs> who is the oh, man in himself. Chill on that. Chill on that. <laughs> the man in himself. Uh, so we got the whole crew here tonight. We're very excited. Um, we're going to get ready to talk some Cubs baseball, guys. We got Cubs baseball this week. What a feeling! I'm I'm super excited. How how excited are you guys? And how are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Oh, I'm so excited for the Cubs to be back, man. I'm so tired of looking at spring training stats and trying to figure out how many home runs guys are going to hit off of one plate appearance. So I'm ready for the season. Yeah, I hear you. And Mr. Producer, I want to I want to hear a couple words from you. Are, are you excited just as much as we are about some Cubbies baseball this week? Yeah, I'm stoked. Um, and we're actually shooting this while Cubs game is going on, and it's on ESPN Plus. So I'm a little disappointed about that. I don't got I don't got like MLB Network over here, so I didn't get, really get to uh, watch all those games that you guys did. So, you know, I'm just excited for it to be broadcasted every day, so I can see it. I hear that, man. And for for our listeners, um, Mr. Jacobson is currently sitting in his college dorm. Crushing those student exams and whatever else kids do nowadays. I don't know. I make myself sound so old, yet I'm only like two years removed from college. But, you know, the real world will change you. Anywho, let's enough talking about stupid shit. Uh, let's talk. I think I think the most surprising point so far that has come out of spring training, and that's the announcement of Ian Happ starting the year at AAA. Uh, yeah. Justin, <clears throat> what the hell is this? You know, I when I saw it, I, I guess I wasn't really – I mean, I was surprised, but I wasn't, right? Like, I was surprised that, um, you know, Joe Madden actually authorized that because that's been his, like, golden boy ever since he's came up. True. But, I mean, I think I think he needs to, man. He's been – he's struggled really the past two years of strikeouts, and it's not so much him strike like, you know, how Baez was where he's just swinging at anything. He's missing a lot of balls in the zone. Um, a lot of high fastballs. He can't lay off them. He can't hit them when they're in the zone. I mean, he had a bad spring, man. 552, 14Ks. It's just, I think he needs to kind of go back down there and reset, man. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think, I think, I think you nailed it on the head, really. I mean, and this was, I feel like, a common point of last season, you know, even though. Uh, I believe he still hit 15 home runs last year. You know, he, he drove in, I think, close to 50 runs, if not over 50 runs. But yet, to your point, he was swinging and missing at balls that if you're a professional big league hitter, you got to hit. You got to at least put them in play. You know, you can't be just hacking through them. Um, you know, and it, it really kind of reminds me a little bit of Javi when he initially came up. You know, Javi was really just hacking at everything and anything. You know, the ball could have been eight feet out of the zone and he would have swung at it. Um, now granted he has his moments still to this day where he'll, he'll swing out at, at things out of the zone, but he's become a lot more disciplined at the plate. Uh, and it shows he had an MVP caliber season last year. 
Um, so I don't think it's a bad thing that Hap's going back down. I agree to your point, though. He has kind of been Joe Madden's golden boy because he plays so many positions. He can play center. He can play second. You know, they played him a little at third. He can play a little first. I'm sure he can play a corner outfield spot with no issue. So, you know, he, he's really, really versatile, and that's what Joe looks for in his guys. But, yeah, I mean, 5 for 52, 14Ks. I know it's spring training, but that's unacceptable if you're a big league hitter, especially in spring training. Like, this is your time to light up some of these AAA pitchers that you're going to face, and you can't miss an opportunity like that. But at least now he's going to play in every – he's going to bat in, I'm assuming, three, four, five hole, you know, down yeah. in AAA in Iowa. And <clears throat> hopefully, yeah, to your point, hopefully he can just kind of regain his steam and, and learn from it. I mean, look at what it did for Schwarber when, when he went down on his little stint. He came back up and he was significantly better. So hopefully it has similar yeah. um, results that it did for, for Mr. Schwarber. Yeah, man. It's, um, you know, I think he really just kind of needs to get his confidence back. I mean, I can't imagine he's feeling too confident right now after the year he had last year. Um, did you know that in 17 and 18, he actually set, like, franchise records for strikeouts? With, like, I mean, he, yeah, he was, ba- yes, like, he was Ooh. bad. That may be combined, but, I mean, that's really bad, man. And I think he, he does need to go down. Um, I think it also kind of means that, I mean, have you seen David Bodie this spring? I mean, he's been lighting it up. I think they're really, because I think Hap was going to play a lot of second this year, this year, while obviously Ro Russell's out dealing with what he did. And I, I think it's good to see Bodie doing good. And I think Descalso and with those two, I think it kind of it kind of gave the Cubs an opportunity to send him down. Like it is a luxury in a way to be able to send somebody like Ian Happ down. Um, he is kind of opposite to Baez in a way because he doesn't swing wildly. Like you said, he's had really good walk numbers and it's just in the zone. And like you said, man, it's unacceptable right now. He needs to go figure it out. He's still young. You know, it's yeah. not everyone's going to come up and crush it. So, you know, hopefully if he kind of figures himself out and gets back to what we thought he was going to be, because the Cubs really could use a bat. Like Ian Happ is very versatile. He's got pop, switch hitter. I mean, yeah, yeah, he just needs to get back right, man. 100%. Yeah, just not to beat a dead horse, but um, really excited, I think, to see David Bodie have a full season potentially of work. Um, you know, Del Scalso has the ability to play, you know, kind of those three major infield spots at second, third, and short if you need them to. Obviously, Javi's your everyday shortstop. Um, when Russell comes back, we'll see what happens. But uh, for the foreseeable future, it's going to be Javi. Um, you know, you got Chris that can play third. Chris can play some outfield. Um, I really like personally, and I think this will actually transition well into our next point, but I like the fact that you know, with Hap going down, you know, sure, there's going to be a couple days where Jay Hayes playing center field, but it's Al Moore's job to lose. I mean, Albert's going to get every opportunity now to prove that he is an everyday center fielder. Uh, and I think yeah. he needs that opportunity because he's so young and he's got so much ability and potential. You know, why not give the kid an everyday shot? I think Ian Happ being up playing center field on this, on this Cubs roster, where really he wasn't a true center fielder, no. was actually hurting Al Moore more than it was helping him. Yeah, definitely. So, and, but then again, I, I get all excited and hope that, oh, 
he, you know, he's the only true center fielder and he's going to have an opportunity. And then the news comes out that the Cubs are actively looking for a center fielder. And then it's like, oh, well, that was short lived. Um, so for those that didn't see, uh, James, you said it was a, a kind gentleman from the Sun-Times. Uh, can you get us a name on that when you have a chance? I want to. Uh, I'm actually I was incorrect on that. It was uh, it was posted on CBS Sports. Um, okay. But the guy that the guy, hopefully I can pronounce his name right. He is his name is Saha Sahadev uh, Sharma. Sahadev Sharma, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's verified on Twitter, so if you guys want to, oh yeah, he's a, he's a jit, he's a jit, he's a Chicago guy. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I really didn't. I think I may have seen something on that, but like, yeah, it's interesting, man. It's like, what's the point? Almost, I got. I, it would have to be a really like low level backup, kind of like when the Cubs picked up uh, Leonis Martin back in the day, like a defensive replacement, yeah. and just someone who can go out there and give you a few at bats. I, it just seems like, man, what is what do they see in Elmora that they like kind of don't like? They're not willing for him to go full. I understand he has um, his struggles with righties in a way, but I mean he's never really had that chance to figure that out. So yeah. yeah. I mean, and in center field, you know, on a daily basis, he's he's your best glove. I mean, obviously, Jay Hay is Jay Hay, and, and he's obviously an incredible glove defensively, and that's why he got paid all that money. But he's not a true center fielder. He's, he's a true right fielder who can play center. And Almora is the definition of what you want in an everyday center fielder. He has the range. He has the, the glove. He has a good bat. Again, to your point, you know, he has struggled a little bit with righties. But overall, I, he's still a quality at bat, in my opinion. You know, he's going to get on base. He can steal. You know, he's a good base runner. I mean, I still think back to this day to, you know, him tagging up in the in Game 7. I mean, that's that's a heads-up running, you know, play. And he was, what, 22 years old at the time? You know, I mean, he's a good baseball player, and I think they just need to give him an opportunity. Um, that being said, though, I think you, you nailed it on the head. I think because they did note um, – that it would be either via trade or waivers. So, you know, this is probably, you know, a guy who's more of a castaway, kind of a depth add, you know, I think probably would end up taking uh, Zagunas' spot on the roster uh, if they were to add somebody. But that being said, I really haven't heard any names. I don't know about you, but I haven't heard of any really center fielders that are kind of available right now. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard anything. That's kind of all I can say about that. I really, I guess I haven't really been thinking about it. I don't think anyone's on the Cubs and like obviously like social media people have really talked about it because this wasn't a thing. I mean, the Hat News really caught people by surprise. Like, regardless of how he was struggling, you kind of figured he'd still you know make the roster. And now I don't know. I don't know, man. I I don't know if they need to really pick anybody up. I mean, I think you just kind of wait it out and then you kind of hope that hat figures it out yeah agreed and i mean you know kind of retracting on a point that i said earlier too they don't really need another center fielder because jason hayward can play center and then let's say you have jay hay in center one day you know bryant can play right field zagunas can come in and play right field zobris can play right field you know you have so many guys on this roster that can play multiple positions it's not like you're dying for another center fielder. I mean, they have guys that can play the position, you know, and to your point, Hap goes down and 30 games into the year, he's figured it back out. 
he's all of a sudden back up, and now you all have all that versatility again with him back in the lineup because he's a switch hitter and he can play center. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm I'm really really curious to see what they do there. Um, I know they've already announced for tomorrow night's game uh, the lineup. It looks like it's going to be very close to the everyday starting lineup. Um, and I'll I'll see if I can find that again while while we're transitioning here into our next point. Um, spe- speaking of opening day, this guy's going to be on the bump. Oh and man! I know you have a lot of concern, Justin. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go ahead and lead this one off. What What are you thinking? He has not looked good at all, man. I mean, really hasn't. Like he's, and it's not that he's like not looking good. And he's like walking people. He's out here getting. He's getting smacked around, man. Guys are hitting him hard. And that was kind of one of his problems last year was, I don't know if you remember that stretch. I'm sure you do. Where like I think it was like three or four starts in a row. He would go out there and just get, you know, smacked around bad. And, you know, the swing and miss stuff isn't there. The velocity, I'm sure, is going to go down even maybe a little bit. But he's really got to be grinding and hitting his corners to be successful out there. And, you know, Father Time's undefeated. And he's getting up there. I mean, we all, everyone knows that he's an older pitcher. He's a veteran guy. Um, I think there's more to him, like in his preparation and like a full, you know, preparing and scouting for a team. That will definitely help. But it is concerning to see him get lit up in spring training when he's getting hit by, you know, double A, triple A guys. I mean, he's not going against these top notch lineups, you know? Yeah. And it's, I don't know, man. When, because if, if he really has a terrible year, like let's say he falls off the you know face of the cliff, he's at like a four or five, you know, something trash, like where you, you almost don't want to throw him out there, that really does hurt this rotation. Because besides, you know, Montgomery, you really don't have much starting pitcher depth. They don't have much in the minors to really bring up and have a, a number five. Yeah. No, agreed. And I, and I actually was going to pose you a question, but you you took the question right out of my mouth and that was going to be you know do you think he's kind of lost that tick in velocity because you know John Lester's historically been a power pitcher i mean don't get me wrong he's a guy that's accurate enough and he can hit his spots but you know he's he's relied on some of that velocity especially being a left-hander um that now is clearly just not there anymore to your point you know father time is very much undefeated and you know i'm i'm very curious to see if you know, like you said, is he going to be a, a four or five ERA guy or is he going to be that guy that's been hovering in the low threes and has been a Cy Young contender? You know, it's there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding John Lester because he's got a lot of long, hard miles on him. You know, I mean, this guy's pitched deep into the postseason for numerous years. I mean, you know, he's come out of the pen. He's done really everything you could ever ask for out of, a, out of an ace pitcher. Um now it's just remains to be seen if if that's catching up with him. Um, I would say you know at least if if he's going to be able to pitch to contact, uh, and their lineup tonight in the game that's currently on TV or well not on TV uh, as James mentioned earlier, but uh, you know if this is the lineup and I, I'm going to quickly read, I would feel good as long as he's pitching to, to soft contact. Um, ben Zobris leading off playing second base. Chris Bryant batting second, playing third. Rizzo batting three, playing first. Javi Baez playing short, batting fourth. Schwarber's in the five hole, playing left. Contreras catching, batting sixth. Jay Hay out right, batting seventh. 
pitcher's spot, which tonight uh, for our listeners is Cole Hamels batting eighth, and Albert Elmora Jr. in center field batting ninth. So if he can pitch to contact and, and get those, you know, in-play balls that this defense is clearly going to be able to absorb, um, yeah. I would feel a lot better about him on opening day. But agreed, a lot of hard contact for, for Mr. Lester. So I think a lot of things remain to be seen uh, with him moving forward. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he's unfazed by it, but to that point... I mean, he's obviously confident in himself, but at the same time, like, if there is kind of something going on or if he feels like, oh, man, I'm losing it, what's he going to say? Like, I you know I've said this on multiple co- podcasts. I mean, you have to take these guys' word with kind of a grain of salt because you're not going to give away that you're not feeling it or like, oh, I don't right. know, I'm not f-. – you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's absolutely. no – like, when he says, oh, I'm not worried about it, I'm just ready to go out there and pitch. Well, obviously – you're not going to be like, well, I sucked in spring training, guys. I don't know if I can do it, and hopefully it works out. You know, like, there's just – and, like, it just worries me, man. Like, yeah. Because no, he's been the rock in this rotation for so long. Him and Hendricks yeah. have been, like, the rock in this rotation. They've been the steady hand, and when you lose that, you lose that postseason experience, then you have to rely on Hendricks, who has been good, obviously. You have to rely on Darvish, unknown. Hamels, before he came to the Cubs, he was in the fours. And then um, Quintana, who has been average since he's been a Cub. I mean, like, without Lester last year, the Cubs, that doesn't go. Obviously, we probably don't even get to that wild card. So, yeah, yeah, we we really do need him to – he doesn't need to even be as good as last year. If he's at, like, a 3-6 or a 3-7, I'll take it. Yeah. Just go out there and give us innings. He can't be out there getting blown up and – done after five because that's what happened to a lot of them last year because he doesn't get that swing and swing and miss if he's not hitting the spots and guys are waiting they're running deep counts you know it's not those quick counts so i yeah i don't know well, i guess we'll find out man no agreed and i think just kind of one last tidbit on on lester is that if what we saw from him in spring training persists through four or five starts to begin the season then i begin to worry you know, then I'm like, okay, you know, Lester's really, really struggling here. Because to your point, he's not going to come out and just be like, oh, I sucked in spring training. I can't do it. You know, he's going to just go out and do his thing. And so um, I'm certainly curious to, to see how he does. But I, I say give it four starts. Um, and if he looks bad in all four of his first starts, then I, I would be legitimately concerned um, that spring training was, in fact, reality. So... And uh, just quickly, Justin, before we continue to transition, uh, we want to get a quick word from our sponsors. Alrighty, thank you to our sponsor. And Justin, let's let's keep it rolling here. Um, not too many points left here on the rundown, but certainly want to keep going. Um, I think this is a good point that uh, James threw into the rundown for us tonight. I think it's at least worth talking about, um, and that's Joe Madden. And, you know, this season, I think, is a big season for Joe because, you know, this team is is fully loaded. Um, They're arguably still one of the best rosters in the National League. A lot of teams in the National League got much better. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, teams like San Diego improved. Teams like Philadelphia improved. Atlanta got better. The Cardinals got significantly better, like we talked on the first episode. You know, 
I, and I want to pose the question to you because I, I would think I'll, I'll save my opinion for after yours is done. But is Joe on the hot seat right now this season going into the year? There's no question, man. I mean, it's not – he's obviously on the hot seat. Why else would they not extend him, right? Um, you know, they kind of got him on that lame duck here, which is usually a worry for managers, not as invested – Unfortunately, I think it's going to take Joe Men getting this team to a World Series or a very deep run or maybe a bunch of injuries to where you can't blame him. But I think he, I mean, he's really on the hot seat. He's really in a rough place because I think that he came to the Cubs at a great time when we had all these young guys and we needed someone like Joe Madden to kind of teach him the game and kind of work with that clubhouse. He's a great players coach. You can tell all the players really like him. But now these guys are veterans, and he's made a lot of questionable decisions that, I mean, to keep to pitch Chapman as much as he did, if the Cubs don't pull that off, like, he might he might not be the coach at this point. He might manager. He may not be the manager at this point. So yeah. I think, and you have to think about, Theo, I mean, when they hi- they hired Iapachi and Tom Hadovy, those are both kind of like Theo's type guys, front office guys. Those aren't Joe Men's handpicked guys, unlike, you know, um, can't think of the guy's name, the pitching coach and the hitting coach of last year. Those are both guys that Joe Men wanted, and they kicked them out after a year, and they got these new coaches. These coaches are on multi-year deals. They're not on one-year deals. It really does seem like the Cubs want more of an extension of the front office you know, with this new analytics age and all of these other things that I think Joe Madden's may be a little behind on. Obviously, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors, but it really does seem like Joe needs a huge year to stay the manager of the Cubs. And I just, unless they get to that World Series, like I said, or just have a great run and maybe run into like a juggernaut or something, I, I don't see them extending him. I don't, it just it feels maybe it's just me. It just feels like the Joe Madden era is really coming to an end at this point, and it is pretty sad because he's done a lot for the Cubs. But yeah, it's baseball man, it's a business. It is a business, and uh, yeah, I think you you nailed it on the head. You know, Hickey and and Davis came in, uh, and those were kind of like you said, kind of more Joe's guys, and and they gave them a chance. And you know, the the pitching staff really struggled uh, under Hickey. They I don't think they performed nearly to their full potential uh you know chili davis i think struggled in the hitting coach role um you know he did some good things i think what he helped jason hayward do and kind of resurrect his swing uh last year was big but you know there was a lot of guys that had kind of down seasons underneath him you know wilson Contreras kind of had a down year um when he was you know healthy uh schwarber had I wouldn't say a down year, but the average could have been better. You know, some of these guys that you you were hoping to get kind of that next step out of really didn't take that next step, and I think it really showed. Um, that being said, I do agree with you. I think Joe is on the hot seat because you know I think we've we've touched on it numerous times now throughout these these episodes. Is that you know in 2015 when this team was kind of the up and coming rising team, this team was looked at as a dynasty. You know, this was this was going to be the team that stuck together for six, seven, eight, nine years and won three or four World Series. Maybe not three or four, but even two or three. You know, they had the youth. 
they had the grizzly vets pitching the way, you know, they had the right pieces in the right spots. I mean, Schwarber, how young he is and Elmora and even Hayward's still really young and Rizzo and Bryant and Russell and Baez and Contreras. They have all these guys still. And I mean, don't get me wrong. The one world series alone is going to live on in every Cubs fans brain until they die, you know? Every Cubs fan's gonna be able to tell you where they were when when that ball hit Rizzo's mitt and they won, it, you know. So that will forever. I I'm a firm believer to this day. I would not be surprised if Joe Manning gets a statue one day in front of Wrigley Field, be- just for that World Series win alone, because that meant so much to this team and that franchise. But to your point, this is a business, and Theo Theo did it in Boston. He won yeah, with man. multiple managers. He didn't need Terry Francona for them to win another World Series. Granted, he was kind of on his way out when that 13 World or he was already gone when that 13 World Series was won, but he made all the moves to get them to that point. You know? Yeah. You can win without a stud manager. Now, granted, I think you need still need the right manager. You know, for the young team that they had at the time, I agree with you. Joe was the perfect hire. He was the fun players guy, you know, got the job done. But now, to your point, these guys are vets and they they're professionals. And you know, if Joe's not getting it done, they can probably find somebody who's going to look at this roster and say, "Hey, look, I, you've seen my big league resume as a manager. I want to coach these guys." You know, there's a lot of rumors swirling around Joe Girardi's name, and look what Joe Girardi's done in, in his career as a manager. So, I, I think you know Joe's not gonna. I don't think Joe's gonna worry about it. Joe's just not that kind of guy. Uh, but at season's end. I would be shocked, but I wouldn't be shocked at the same time if we, you know, see something come across the ticker if this team doesn't do well this year, saying that Joe Madden's gone and no longer comes manager. So, um, yeah, it's it would be weird. It really would be weird, man. I mean, yeah, man. You know, I don't know who of, they would bring in. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I really the only name I could think of is truly Joe Girardi. You know, uh, I think, man, who's the uh, who's the guy that he does a lot of the MLB Network stuff? Mark DeRosa. Oh yeah, Dio. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of rumors swirling around with him. But honestly, we'll see, man. I think that the Cubs seem like they're kind of going towards that analytic thing. They got the pitching yeah. lab now. Hear about that? And yeah, like you said, managers in today's game just don't seem as vital, right? They they. They are and they aren't. You know, there's so much that goes into the decisions they make. There's a lot of front office influence. And you have all these other assistant coaches and all these people giving you info. Now, don't get me wrong. You need a good manager. You can't have a bad manager. But if you look at the Cubs in 2016, I mean, do you think Madden was better than Bruce Bochy? No. Do you think Madden was better than Terry Francona? I don't think so. I so I, th- I think that the Cubs can would be fine without him, but it will, like I said, be sad to see him go because of what he's done for the Cubs franchise, and I think he's also kind of gotten unf- like a bad rap per se, where he gets blamed for a lot, but he also has made his mistakes and a lot of, I don't know if you remember, they did a lot of weird wacky shit in sixteen that just worked, and it almost like it just hasn't worked these two seasons. Like that magic has worn off, and. It may just be might might just be his time, man. Might be part of this like dying breed of these like a lot older managers. This generation kind of getting kicked to the curb in a way. Yeah, and 
you know, it's it's really rare nowadays to see managers stick around for a long period of time. I mean, hell, look at Ricky Renteria when he took over as Cubs manager. You know, Joe became available and they canned him, you know, faster than the speed of light practically. I mean, you know, managers are, it seems these days, much more expendable uh, than they used to be. You know, Terry Francona being fired by Boston was, oh my goodness. And really, Joe Girardi was the same way when he was fired by the Yankees or, uh, you know, you know, the pending retirement of Bruce Bochy is another big one where people are like, whoa, like this guy was legit. They won three World Series in six years, which is still one of the most incredible runs in, in recent baseball memory, but probably besides the Yankees. So, yeah, I'm, I am I would be very, see, very sad to see him go. Um, but sometimes uh, a change of pace really helps out. Uh, super side note, because this just really caught my attention. Uh, so the Cubs were down 1-0 in this evening's game, uh, and they just tied it off a Cole Hamels solo home run. Yes, I just saw that <laughs> as well. Cole Hamels, dude. So, <laughs> and done. Up, dude. I think he said two home runs this spring. I think so, and they. I think I, just, <laughs> I think I saw that he's batting like 330-something. Uh, yeah, throw him in there. I mean, nope, he's... I'm sorry. He's batting 500 now. After that. Be better than <laughs> How many bets do you have, like... Like six, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he does. But I mean, shit, if he's gonna yeah. if he's gonna hit at all this this season when he's pitching, I, I feel pretty good about that. Um, yeah, it's a little so, plus, yeah. Yeah, so sorry to distract that, but I actually, no, you know what? I think that might have been the perfect uh, transition into our next topic, and that we're, oh, yeah. we you got to talk some season predictions. I mean, oh. you know, we've got meaningful meaningful Cubs baseball in T minus. Well, from when this drops, two days, um, March 28th is opening day. Uh, the Cubbies travel to Texas, right? They will be in Texas to play the Rangers? Uh, yes, they will. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So in Texas to take on the Rangers. And there's a lot of questions, guys. I think we've pitched probably every question the fan base could think of in these first four episodes. <laughs> so I think it's time to, to start diving in a little bit and do some thinking on what this team's going to do. I really want to hit on each of these points. And James, I, I certainly feel free to chime in um, because I think all of us – certainly have thoughts and ideas about how this season's going to go for the Cubs. Uh, and the first one I think is a, a very good one to touch. Uh, we can place the over-under on this if you want, but 95 wins. Are they an under. over 95 or under? Okay, take it under. away, Justin. Why are they under? Now, I'm not saying they're going to be under because they're going to be worse. I think this division is just a gauntlet. And I think a team that hits 90 wins wins this division. The team that first hits 90 is going to win this division – and I think the the bottom team might win like 78, 80. So, I mean, I think that they'll still win the division. Obviously, as an optimistic Cubs fan, but I do I don't think there's going to be a division winner unless someone is just going off and these teams aren't as anything can happen, right? There can be big injuries. There can be guys who just underperform big teams that just underperform. So who knows? But I think if everything kind of goes as we think it's going to go. I think the Cubs are around 91, 92 wins, maybe. I mean, I know it's not that much different than 95, but as we know, that one game means a lot. And I just, I don't, you can't just pick on the Reds anymore. The Pirates are always tricky because they can pitch well. And then obviously you have the Cardinals and the Brewers who are going to give everybody fits, going to give the Cubs fits. And it's just like, it's going to be tough, man. And it's really going to be a war. I think they need to start off in Texas. They need to sweep them. Because the Rangers are dog shit. 
True, so. and and James, you pointed this out to us today, and uh, so thank you for sharing that. But the Texas Rangers lost to their AAA team in a uh, spring training game. So, um, agreed with you. Definitely, they need to take advantage uh, of that first series and, and sweep the Rangers. Um, any other more thoughts on the over and under, Justin? Or? No, I mean that's pretty much it. I just think that it's going to be so difficult to win that amount of games with the Cardinals getting better and the Brewers are still the Brewers. They've gotten better, unfortunately, with talks that they might get Kimbrel, which completely changes the picture. But if they don't get him, I know Knable is is hurt right now and it's not looking too great with him. And um, yeah, man, it's just I don't. I think if they win ninety five, I think they win the division by a few games. But I don't. I just think this division is going to be separated between three games, top three most likely. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of like ninety eighty eight win teams that are wild card teams or division winners. Yeah, very similar. I think uh, to your point, kind of twenty fifteen, where you know the second wild card team was only three games back or two games back of the division leader. So, um, James, you have a quick thought on an over-under in 95? Um, I'm pretty on board with Hunter. I'm going to go under, but, um, you know, I guess I'm aimed towards that more for the reason we've already seen a good amount of injuries in the spring, in uh, spring training, so that already kind of scares me. And questionable Lester, and if he does come out and he does underperform that, that could really affect the Cubs' play, but it's it's going to be a bloodbath, and uh, just going to have to see how that plays out. But I'm going with the under, around 90, 91, 92, just like Hunter said. Not bad. Yeah, um, so I'm going to agree with you guys, at least on the under standpoint of things. I'm actually going to say under 90 wins. Um, and the reason I say that is kind of piggybacking along the same lines of what you said, Justin, is that the division winner is probably only going to win 92 games this year because everybody's going to be so close. And even as an optimistic Cubs fan, I don't think they're winning the division this year. I think they're the top wild guard team again. I think I'm a firm believer right now that St. Louis is winning the division as much as I hate to admit that. Um, and I think Milwaukee's right there too. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Cubs Milwaukee wild card game. Um, very similar to how it was in 2015, where it was an all in all central wild card game. I, I think they probably win 88, 89 games. Uh, I think it's still good enough to get into the postseason, um, at least in wild card capacity. Um, but yeah, I, I think you guys both brought up very good points. You know, the rest of the division got better, and there have been injuries already. I don't think they really addressed significant needs on this team. You know, sure, you bring back Cole Hamels, but. That pitching staff is getting old. Uh, you know, sure you re-signed a couple of the guys that you've traded for over the last few years of the bullpen, but you really don't have an ace stud coming out of your bullpen, except Morrow, who gets hurt putting on his pants in the morning. So they really have so many question marks right now, and just in that pitching staff alone right now, to make me really concerned and think they're going to drop at least six or seven games less in terms of the win column than they were a year ago. Um, that being said, though, if they are going to win the division, uh, as you had mentioned, Justin, there's going to be people that really need to stand out this year. Um, I think we, we kind of all know who's probably going to stand out because they always do. You have Rizzo, Baez, uh, you know, even Bryant to an extent when he's healthy. 
Who is your standout pick for this year uh, of a guy who you think is going to have either a rebound year or maybe is a, a quote-unquote newcomer who's going to have a strong season? Who Who is your standout player going into the year? I think my standout player is Wilson Contreras. I mean, I think he's had a good spring. Um, I'm not 100% sure if his defense has gotten better. That's obviously hard to really watch when you're not when you're really not able to watch the games. But I just I think last year was just a fluke, man. And I think he is the kind of guy who's going to use that motivation if he can get right and he can just get hot. Because when he gets hot, man, he's deadly. So and if he's just hitting, like I said earlier, like around 270. You know, he gives you like 75, 80 ribbies. He's around 20 to 25 homers. That's a big that's a big jump. That's a big help for this offense. And he was an all-star last year before he had a, just a terrible second half. And I'm hoping that, you know, maybe Caratini, him taking a step, will be able to give Willie a little bit more rest. Because, yeah, he's young. But, you know, that, that still grinds on you, man. When you're catching pretty much every day, you, you need breaks. And... Yeah, I really think Wilson's going to have a really good year. I know they're motivated. I know he's hungry. He's just that type of guy. He's always probably motivated. So, yeah, I'm picking picking Big Will. No, I think that's a good pick. And, you know, to your point about Caratini, I think it would be really beneficial if Caratini does take that next step because even if you want to keep Wilson's bat in the lineup, I mean, they can do what they did with him kind of in 2016 a little bit where – you know, he played a little left field. He played a little first base, you know, just to keep that bat in the lineup, even if he, his knees need a break that day. Um, I don't know if they're in that position right now just because Caratini is not Miguel Montero or David Ross. But that being said, it's it's certainly an option. Uh, JJ, you got a, a, a standout player that we should be keeping an eye on? Um, Just going off his spring and um, how confident and, you know, how how much of a little bit of a confident rebound it seems he's made, and I'm hoping he does good. Is uh, is Darvish, despite that that little blister, you know, it'd be it'd be awesome to see him um, come back to uh, you know what what he was at when he was in Texas, and hopefully earn his contract. So I I think he'll stand out. I, I've seen a lot of videos, a lot of comments have been made about him. You know, stuff is good. It's there. He's comfortable. And I'm 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 excited to see him. Uh, I think he's I think he was announced a game two starter for Texas, if I'm correct. Recently today, I don't know if you guys heard anything about that, but yeah, I think that they're leaning towards um, Lester, Darvish, Hamels, Hendricks, Quintana to kind of go with that right, left, right, left. And I also heard they want um, they want Darvish and Hamels to be able to pitch at in uh, in Texas. I don't know if it's face your former team as much as they know the ballpark and everything. And I don't honestly, I'm not, I'm not, I don't hate that. Um, I think it's nice to kind of have as much as I like Hendricks as the two. I think he's our second best pitcher. He's been our most consistent. I think it's almost nice to have kind of in that back end. So you have a good starter matching up with a not so great starter most of the time. So yeah, I, I, I like that pick James. It's a good pick. Yeah, I do too. Fun fact, uh, three-fifths of the Cubs starting rotation was in the Texas Rangers organization at some point in their career. And for those that didn't figure it out, Kyle Hendricks was originally a prospect down in Texas. Uh, was received, Carl Edwards, I want to say, was a 
was a Rangers prospect as, as well. He was. And we made that trade for him. So Yep, I believe uh, two separate trades with the Rangers brought Hendricks and Edwards um, to the Cubs. So they've certainly been feeding our system because we've needed it uh, in the pitching department. Yeah, we gave him Drew Smiley for the troubles. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true and shedded some salary in the process. Um <laughs> My standout pick. This one's kind of tough because, you know, I... I, oh, I Contreras was a great pick. Uh, you know, I don't want to bang that home, but I think that that would probably have been my pick. Uh, but for sake of differentiation, I'll probably go with my number two guy. And I think it's going to surprise some people, but I think it's going to be David Bodie. And... You know, David Bodie stepped into a very critical role last year where he was, you know, originally brought up just as a, oh, excuse me, as a depth move to more or less be a body, right? And he comes out, he plays really strong defense, he hits incredibly well, he's been absolutely tearing it up this year in spring training, he's been hitting the shit out of the baseball his exit velocity is out of this world. I think he was a top three average exit velocity uh, last season in the major leagues uh, in his brief stint up with the Cubs late in the year. And now because of the Russell drama, because of Hap not being able to figure things out, he's going to get a legitimate opportunity to play as much as possible. And I wouldn't be surprised if he plays a little bit of second base. That's originally what his, his natural position was, was second. He's going to play some third. He's going to give Chris a couple days off. They're going to play Chris out and left. They're going to play Chris out and right. You know, maybe if Riz needs a day off, Chris plays first. You know, David yeah. Bodie's going to play a lot. And I think David Bodie's going to show out this year. I think as long as David Bodie can play in 125 games, he's giving you at least 18 home runs this year. And at, yeah. least, at least 45 RBIs. And that's assuming he plays 120. One significant injury to anybody in that infield, and he's playing almost a guaranteed play, playing probably 150 games. I mean, you know, and if he's playing 150, I would say that numbers go from 18 and 45 probably to closer to 20 and 60. You know, he's that kind of player. He has that ability. I think he's going to stand out this year. I think he surprised a lot of people late in the year last year when he came up, and I think he's going to continue to build off of his strong spring, that insane exit velocity. I mean, he just hits the hell out of the baseball. Um, and I think he's going to show out. You know, he's, he's again, this is a standout name that I think is going to be a guy who surprises people, you know, not necessarily a Javi Baez or a Chris Bryant or an Anthony Rizzo, but kind of the guys that either need a rebound or newer or what have you. So... That's that's my prediction, I think, for who's going to be the standout this year. It's going to be number 13, uh, Mr. David Bodie. And I think for our last point uh, of season predictions, this is the fun one. I'll admit, this is the one I like to – this is the one that generates buzz. This is the one that people start calling you crazy or you know, saying, oh, that's bullshit or whatever. But it's bold predictions. Everybody's got to have a bold prediction uh, for this, you know – for this team or even for an individual coming up this year. So um, if you have one for both, I say go ahead and spew it off. Uh, or if you have one from one or the other for the team as a whole or just an individual on this team, but Justin, go ahead and lead us off. What is your bold prediction for the 2019 <clears throat> Chicago Cubs? All right, so I don't have one for the team just because uh, we've talked about the team so much. I do have one 
for a player. Chris Bryant hits 40 home runs and is top three in the MVP. Top three in the MVP. (laughs) I think, don't oh man me. This is, I'm telling you, man, he is going to have a crazy year. I think we're going to see maybe better than 16, man. I think that, like, he has been hearing it all offseason, and he heard it all last year, and he's seen the disrespect, and he's going to come. I mean, if you think about it, when he got hurt, he was one of the best hitters in baseball. He was hitting, like, 320, and I just I think he's going to go off, man. Like, I just think he's going to have one of those years. He's he's had an okay spring. He's kind of tailed off a bit, but last year in spring, Javi batted, like, 160 with, like, 19 strikeouts. So, spring, you take, obviously, spring with a grain of salt. I just think he's going to have a monster year. Um, I'm hoping that this first series in Texas, he can just, just start raking and just kind of get hot. Because, I mean, he's going to be going against, like, single-A pitchers up there. I don't even know who they have. Maybe he'll face Drew Smiley. Um, yeah, man, I think that Chris Bryant, 40 home runs, 40-plus home runs, and top three MVP. I would say win the MVP, but I think Bias will win the MVP. So That is <laughs> bold, and I love it. See, that's what I was looking for. That That's certainly the one. Yeah, I just to quickly – you know, echo your your thought. He has been hearing it all off season, and I'm I am very curious to see what that competitive drive is. And in, in Chris Bryant, I think we're going to see it this year. So, hey man, I hope your bold prediction comes true because if he's hitting forty dingers, we're going to the playoffs and maybe winning another World Series. So, all right, JJ, give me one. I need something juicy. Uh, it's kind of. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like right before Hunter started talking, I kind of just thought of mine, and he touched it a little bit um it involves two players and i mean it could be pretty bold but i, I don't it might happen I, I think it could really potentially happen uh, you know bryant uh in the mvp race and then if and then if bias can you know replicate what he did last year but then bring some consistency with it you know two cubs players and top five mvp voting for the national league which I don't know if you guys think it's bold, but I mean, I think it's pretty bold to have two of your players, you know, performing at that level to be in, um, you know, consideration for the the uh, National League MVP. So that's my bold prediction. I don't think that's too bold, man. I think that I mean, I'm not. I mean, I, I think it's bold. I think yeah. I mean, when you when you have two players on the same team, top yeah, five MVP, that's difficult. I mean, the Red Sox had that last year with Mookie and JD Martinez. Uh huh. But other than that, it's it is really difficult. But yeah, I think it's a good one. I think Baez is going to have I think a really good happen. year. I, he, I really hope so, man. I hope he doesn't <laughs> take a step back. And last year's just a fluke year. But I mean, he's hot right now in spring. He yeah, is going to say lighting balls up. He he looks like a grown man. I don't know if you guys saw that one home run the other night, but he dug that ball out of the dirt. I mean, that ball was low. To be quite honest, that's a ball that old Javi is swinging through nine times out of ten. Um, so for him to go down, get it, make solid contact, and take that thing yard um, is very encouraging for me. Um, bold prediction. I need to get really bold with this one. And it needs to be juicy. And be as I think, bold as you can. I think this one is pretty juicy. And it's gonna we're gonna we're gonna piggyback a little bit on a guy we talked about a little earlier. Quintana Cy Young? No. Not that bold. Okay. Worth a shot. <laughs> that's like that's like walking up to the the um 
roulette table and you know putting a million dollars on a number and a color and it hitting i mean that's super bold you know i don't think this is as bold as it might sound but in my head this is bold and i think that's it's just because there's a lot of obstacles in a way but i think albert almora is a winning a gold glove this year i think albert almora is your gold glove center fielder for the national league and here's why He's going to get every opportunity to, to start. It's his job to lose. He's he's going to play, assuming Hap goes through these struggles and they don't acquire another center fielder. He's playing at least 140 games this year, uh, if not 150. I don't think they want Jay Hay playing too much center field if they don't have to. That being said, Albert's got all the tools defensively to absolutely be a gold glove player. You know He's going to save a bunch of runs. He's going to make a bunch of beautiful catches. He's going to make some big throws. He doesn't have a huge arm in center field, but he has enough of an arm, I think, in center field to at least be a difference maker. Uh, I think Albert Almora is going to win some hardware at the end of the year because, you know, in his scouting report, pretty much since he's ever been drafted by the Cubs, they always talk about it. Potential. Gold Glove center fielder. That has been his kind of forte potential now for years. And I think this is the year where he finally puts it together. He's a man now. You know, he's, what, 24 years of age, 25 years of age now? Um, I'm going to get a quick quick fact check on that one. Uh, one second. Let's Albert. Yeah, not a problem. I'll keep ranting about him. But, I mean, this is a guy who's now going to have a 24. 24. Yeah. He's a man yeah. now. He's a man. He's the same age as me, and that makes me – feel really worthless because he's playing in the major leagues and i'm not but that being said uh you know he's coming into his own this is his really second or third full season full true full season you know 16 was kind of an eh year for him in terms of playing every day this is really his third full year where he's going to be looked at as kind of the everyday center fielder and i think he puts it all together and this is the year he wins a gold glove he's going to win a gold glove Javi's going to win the MVP. Chris is going to come in third for the MVP. All our bold predictions are going to come true, and the Cubs are going to win another World Series, and that would be absolutely lovely, and I would be a very happy human being. Um, but no, good good ones overall, guys. Uh, we'll definitely have to keep tabs on those throughout the year. Uh, kind of a little who's hot, who's not segment of our own, <laughs> and whose who's bold predictions are looking really bold or really truthful. That being said... Um, just quickly turning to, to what's coming up now. Um, opening day is right around the corner, boys. Thursday, we're here. It's going to happen. Um, March 28th is opening day, pretty much universally around baseball. And, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're going to get it started. So, uh, series with Texas, I know we've, you know, briefly discussed, um, a little bit to this point, you know, how they need to sweep and and really should take advantage of, of this pretty poor Texas Rangers team to start the season. Um, do you guys have any quick thoughts uh, on this opening series? Maybe something you're looking forward to seeing uh, or something that we need to see as fans, maybe they regain confidence in a player, so on and so forth. I mean, I think the Cubs need to just whoop their ass. Like, I'm just going to say it. You need to take advantage because, like we've always said, the division is crazy. You need to take advantage of these shit teams you're playing. 
and you need to kind of smack them around. You need to build confidence. Get the bats hot. It's what the Cubs didn't do, I think, last year when they played the Marlins. They split that four-game series with the Marlins, and they should have swept that easy. And, like, those games come back to haunt you, man. Like, you can't – you if, if they win the series, you never apologize for winning a series. But there comes a time when championship-caliber teams, you need to sweep bad teams. You, you're going to have the pitching matchup every day. You're going to have the best lineup every day. You're going to have the best defense. You're going to have the best bullpen. You need to go out there and win the game. I don't care how – if they win three games in a row, one nothing, whatever. You win it and you figure it out. But they really need to just light it up. And you, I think I want to see the bats get hot up and down the lineup. Like Obviously, it's a little bit ridiculous to expect everyone in the Cubs lineup to hit to their full potential. You're asking a lot. That's just kind of baseball – but I think that guys need to start off good. I don't want to. I don't want to have Kyle Schwarber come out of the, the series with seven strikeouts and you know no hits. Like we can't can't have that. And I think that I think it's gonna be really big for a guy like you, Darvish, as well, to you know go out there and have a good start, build some confidence, get his pitches looking the way he wants to. Because we know his confidence is obviously fragile right now. Um, right now he seems like he's in good spirits, but you know just in general. He seems like a guy who can get shaken, shaken up easily. So I think it's big that the Cubs just kind of come out hot and just play their game, sweep them, and then go into that series with the Braves. And, you know, we'll see what happens from there. But, yeah, sweep. If anything less than a sweep, I'll be disappointed, to be honest with you. Yeah, agreed. I, I think that's a good way to look at it. Um, yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. Um, I'm going to reserve any thoughts. I think you, you took mine. Uh, JJ, do you do you have any additional thoughts to build on? What um, I just think it's a great opportunity for them to, uh, you know, use use a team that's not the best, and um, I certainly hope they're not overlooking this team like the Bears did the Dolphins. But uh, you know, I'm yeah, a, you leave my Bears alone. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about the Dolphins, okay? And we kick the <laughs> shit out of the Packers. I don't want to hear it. Well. You know, it could, I mean, I'm just hoping they, they don't, it doesn't turn out to be like a trap series. And yeah, they definitely they they need to sweep them, and it's just a great opportunity for these guys to get started in a in a long season, and you know, for them to come out and completely, you know, dismantle them. Um, that probably won't happen, but they definitely need to come out and hopefully sweep them, in my opinion. And if uh, and if they don't, then like Justin said, and I'll be a little disappointed because. It could it could definitely lead to a, to great things coming out with a with a sweep on the road. One hundred percent, yeah. And just to to quickly build off of what you said, you know, this is this is kind of that series that they can use as like a tune up series. You know, this is the kind of time where guys can build some confidence, uh, steamrolling into Atlanta to play a very good Braves team. Um, all right, gentlemen, we made it. We made it to the end. Uh, the next time our listeners hear us. Cubs baseball is going to be happening. I know I'm super pumped. I'm sure I'm going to. I'm actually off on Thursday, um, off of work. So I will be watching the game. I hope you guys will be as well. And uh, quickly before we got out of here, any cra- uh, quick ending thoughts? I don't think we want to keep it too long. Uh, Justin, I'll let you go ahead first. Um. You know, Ron, I really, I really don't have much, man. I'm just excited, I'm tired of talking about predictions and all this. I want, I just want to see it, man. I just want to see Cubs baseball. As you know, as a baseball fan, I'm excited to see this season. Um, I think there's a lot of good teams. There's also a lot of really bad teams, but 
regardless of that. I, th- you know, it's gonna be a fun one in the NL, man. Like the NL in, in general is pretty loaded, so I'm excited to see how the division shakes out. If I was just, you know, a baseball fan didn't have a team, it would just be amazing to watch the NL Central go at it. But as a Cubs fan, it's gonna be scary and very nerve wracking. There's gonna be a lot of me sitting closer to the TV and moving spots and trying to find the the lucky spot, you know, sitting upside down on the couch and all that. So yeah, I'm ready to go, man. Oh yeah, you're not you're not superstitious. You're just a little stitious. I appreciate that. Um, JJ, any any ending opening day thoughts in your head? Um, I'm stoked, uh, and it's, I doubt there's someone out there who who's not stoked. But uh, you know, it's it's going to be a great season. There's there's great teams and there's bad teams, but I think there's going to be. A lot of great plays, a lot of highlights, um, a lot of individual highlights and team highlights. Um, I can't wait for you know some of these great games, uh, and not necessarily Cubs, but you know the ESPN games that we do get to see, and also if you have MLB Network, all those games. But you know, I'm just excited. I think there's going to be a lot of good games, a lot of good baseball to watch this year. Yeah, agreed, 100 percent, man. Just to echo both of you guys, I know I'm very excited as well. Um, you know, games are meaningful now. Baseball is, is a beautiful sport because it signifies warm weather in Chicago, summer in Chicago, and you know, I I know we probably have listeners from other cities and other parts of the country, hopefully, but uh, it's really hard to beat summer in Chicago, man, especially up on that north side at Wrigley uh, when the organ's playing and the hot dogs are fresh and the beer's cold. So. Um, just quickly, my ending thought, I think, uh, is just more for our listeners. Uh, we got some big things coming for you guys this season. Uh, we really want you guys to hang in there with us. Um, it's going to be a fun ride. You know, we're going to, we're going to bring you weekly content. Um, ideally we're going to bring you a podcast every single week. Uh, and even the weeks that we don't, we're going to try and bring you the best content we can. Um, you know, we're going to build this thing. NS, NS9 is going to get big. Uh, we're going to have some guests this year. We're going to. We're going to keep things rolling. We're going to have a lot of exciting news throughout the year. So um, we are very thankful for all of our listeners. Uh, We're so thankful that you decided to join us and uh, take about an hour out of your day to listen to us talk some Cubs baseball. So with all that being said, I am Ron Luce here with my co-host Justin Hunter and our awesome producer, Mr. James Jacobson. Uh, We will see you guys on the other side of opening day. Have a great one and enjoy Cubs baseball.